Once You Know, You Know, a podcast for busy women to level up their health and fitness so that they can get off the diet merry-go-round for good. This is real lessons from real women and industry professionals on how you can improve your health and fitness habits and discover just how incredible your body is and is designed to feel. I'm Lindsay Parkinson and I'll be your host. Let's get stuck into the episode. Welcome back to Once You Know, You Know. And in today's episode, I want to tell you what you need to know about cellulite because this is a very common concern for women, particularly the women that I work with who range around 25 to 55 years old. They're often asking me like, how do I get rid of my cellulite? How do I get rid of the dimples, the orange peel, the hail damage? Now, aside from cellulite being absolutely completely normal, around about 90% of women have this. One of the things I can't stand is that we often will talk about something that is normal in a self-deprecating way. I've spoken about this in another podcast, but if we are describing something on our body as orange peel or hail damage, it's like we are feeding the insecurity because if we weren't insecure about it, then we wouldn't feel the need to talk about it like that. Now, the thing is, the more information and knowledge we have on something, the more we understand that actually, hey, this is a pretty normal part of being on a woman's body, particularly if you are older than say like 35 or you're heading into your 40s and perimenopause, then the less we tend to fear it and sort of understand that it is actually something that can be really, really normal, like normal, right? We forget that because we live in say a filtered society that these things show up on everybody. This is not just something that only happens on people that have a larger body fat percentage. It is definitely something that can show up on any different type of body, particularly women more than men. And that is because we have a different structure and we have a different hormonal makeup that changes the way that we maybe metabolize and store fat. But when we think about it, when we, maybe when I grew up, it was splashed over the front of magazines when these like movie stars and singers had cellulite. And I was like, oh my gosh, Jennifer Aniston's got cellulite. And really, I don't think too many of us, like I could look down at my thighs and be like, so do I. But instead of making it out like it was something that should be normalized, one, it shouldn't have even really been printed because like, why does it matter if she has cellulite? Like, I mean, what of it? She's a fantastic actress. She's absolutely stunning. She's beautiful. So why do we even care? We feed into that because it often made us feel better about our own potential insecurities. But not only that, these magazines that would print things like that would also have advertisements in there for body firming lotions. Now, when we think about that, we might not have realized it at the time, but magazines were often actually more so there as advertisements so that we would buy products. They would make us feel insecure about ourselves. So along with like a picture of whoever it was that had cellulite, whether it's JLo or Kim Kardashian or Jennifer Aniston, they would then show you someone else who's like, oh, body transformation of this person. And then on the next page after that, be like, oh, body firming lotion. And we're like, hang on a second. Oh, I feel like I look like this, but I want to look like this hang on, there's this miracle product, I'll buy this. There are so many reasons why we were shown certain elements and when we break it down and psychologically look at it, we were trying to be sold products. It's very, very common. But again, because of our psychology and because we're talking about things that we feel a little bit insecure about, we don't often connect the two. You know, And because of the industry that I work in, I actually get really – do sometimes call it out on my Instagram, but I do sometimes get really peeved off when I see like there's a Pilates better body challenge, like do all Pilates and get this body in 28 days. And it literally says at the bottom, actor portrayal. 
And I was like, one, that's not why Pilates is a benefit, like, by the way. Two, I've seen some recently, probably because I'm pregnant, that are like, oh, aren't I so glad that I did weights during pregnancy so that I didn't put on a weight or bummed about putting on pregnancy body weight. And I was like, what are you doing targeting women in their most like vulnerable states to sell them a product like that? How morally desperate are you to sell your probably very shitty product? Like I just drives me nuts. But I want you to know that if you felt insecure about your cellulite or when you started noticing it, that often it was because it was being marketed to us that it wasn't either normal or that we shouldn't have it. And these are the things that you can do to get rid of it. But often that meant actually spending money. And I'm going to break this down for you in today's podcast because you may not need to spend any money to either help the body or maybe reduce the appearance of cellulite. But it all comes down to the right kind of knowledge and what on earth is cellulite? I mean, we know what it looks like, but it's actually a condition where the skin appears to have dimples or underlying fat deposits. So that underlying fat deposit is what gives it that dimpled appearance. So again, that's where the term orange peel texture came from or hail damage, you know, all of those different self-deprecating things, which we absolutely will not be using, you know, when we're describing ourselves. Why? Because we don't need to. And it typically appears on the thighs, hips, buttocks, abs, sometimes even on the backs of the arms. So it happens when fat deposits push through the connective tissue beneath the skin. This connective tissue forms like these fibrous bands and it creates compartments where fat cells are stored. So when the fat cells expand and they push against the connective tissue, sometimes it can cause that dimpled appearance, which is the characteristic of cellulite. Now, the thing is, women are more prone to getting cellulite than men because of our hormones and also because we're more likely to have a higher body fat percentage based on the fact that we usually are the ones rearing children, right? So when we talk about this connective tissue difference, the structure of the connective tissue in women kind of looks like, for want of a way of explaining it, a picket fence, okay? It's vertical and these tissue bands are perpendicular to the skin surface. So this allows fat cells to protrude a little bit more easily and create that appearance of cellulite versus with men. If we're like using the same sort of terminology, the it actually looks like a chain link fence. So, you know, there's like wire fences that you might see at like schools and things like that. So it makes it a little bit harder for fat cells to come to the surface and create that appearance. So Hormones that play a significant role in cellulite formation, estrogen in particular, okay? So this may influence the development of cellulite and quite often, this isn't usually, it might be these days, but I know it wasn't when I was growing up, that hormonal changes that start around puberty, they continue again in pregnancy, also in menopause or perimenopause, they can affect fat distribution, circulation, and collagen production, all of which can contribute to the development of cellulite. Now, when we think about our formative years, like I said, it wasn't explained to me when I was growing up that we were going to gain weight around the time that you got your cycle, your body shape was going to change. Now, it seems to appear that women, girls these days are getting younger and younger and they're starting their cycle. And a lot of the times back then we were watching these magazines, looking at girls that might not have looked like their body shape had changed and wondering why we look so different to those girls in the magazines. And it should be a well-known fact that, hey, your body is going to change. You're going to have different fat distribution as your body prepares for this sort of like next phase. And the same thing will happen when you get pregnant and your hormones change again. The same thing will happen when you are also going through menopause. Why? Because the hormones are changing completely. So when we realize that in different phases of our life, we might be more prone to getting something, we sort of understand why that might be happening. Now, that doesn't mean that we just sort of succumb to it and go, oh, well, it doesn't matter. 
We want to do the best thing that we can do to support our body through any phase or season that we're going through. That's a lot of the work that I do with my clients, right? While I primarily want to work with people, and I do work with people who want to change their body fat composition, it's not about, oh, only so that you can look good in a pair of jeans. It's about supporting you through the phase that you're currently in. For example, if you are somebody who wants to get ready for childbirth, we need to make sure that your nutrient levels and your body is functioning as optimally as it can so that when you do get pregnant, it is hopefully a really, really nice experience or the best that it could be. Your body can support you through that and you can support bubs. If it is that you've had bubs and you're currently in like a sleep deprivation phase, we really want to make sure that your nutrient level stores are right up there. Why? Because you're not going to be able to get adequate sleep for the next few years. That's just a part of the phase that you're in. Do we want to deplete the body further with a punishing diet plan and a punishing training plan? Absolutely not. The same thing can be said when we are going through menopause, right? You're going through a shift and a change. Now that doesn't always mean, oh, I've got to do these really high intensity interval sessions. In fact, I actually would recommend for my my clients that are going into that stage of their life that they actually do more strength training, which is lower cortisol inducing, but also helps build muscle. Okay. So things like exercise and strength training can actually help with the appearance or even slow the development or severity of cellulite. Okay. Your lifestyle factors are incredibly important. And that's why there is more to the diet than just sticking to your calorie deficit. It is about getting the macro and micronutrient balance right so that you can support the body in the stage of life that you're in so that you can help the body and also maybe reduce the appearance of things that you might find a little bit self-conscious. Okay. So the main lifestyle factors that can contribute to cellulite in particular, poor diet, lack of exercise, smoking, and dehydration, okay? So they're actually all things that we have control over, right? Genetics are going to play a part. Do not get me wrong, okay? So if, you know, your relatives or your mom or someone like that is predisposed or has cellulite, you will probably be predisposed to having it as well. But that doesn't mean that we don't have the power of choice, right? If we have the option to maybe select foods that we know are going to nourish the body, if we have the option to try and move the body in a way that feels enjoyable to us, we also have the option. It's definitely, smoking is definitely a choice, right? And dehydration is is thankfully we're very, very lucky and blessed in this country that we have access to really great quality drinking water. The fact that we can just turn on tap and drink water straight from the tap is something that I know most of us would probably not think about every single day. I know that moving from Melbourne to Queensland, albeit the water in Queensland is completely fine. It just tastes different. I don't know why. I don't, and it's same as, it's same as in Adelaide, actually, when I lived in Adelaide. I don't know why. So we actually choose to, we have a water filter up here. But that's not to say that I wouldn't drink water out of the tap because I definitely do. But if we have the choice over these things, sometimes that can influence why we want to do something, okay? Because I want my body to work optimally. I want each and every one of my clients' bodies to work optimally so that they feel better, so that they have more energy, not because they want to reduce the appearance of the cellulite. Again, byproduct. All of the physical changes that happen within my clients' bodies, I will always say as a byproduct, because if you have more energy, if you are sleeping better, if you are enjoying being strong, if you are enjoying having the knowledge of understanding how to eat and move your body so that when you spend time with your friends and family, you have more energy and you enjoy those experiences. When you go on bike rides with your kids, when you go hiking with your friends, all of those things become enjoyable rather than things that you definitely wouldn't partake in because you're not sure how your body would handle it. That is going to give you so much emotional health 
to, to your, sorry, it's going to deposit into what I call your emotional bank account, your emotional health account. And that's just as important as your physical and mental health. Okay. Because it contributes to both of those things. So when we talk about the reduction in say some of the physical changes that we might see in a body decrease in body fat composition, maybe we can see the definition within the muscles. Maybe it is a reduction in cellulite. Again, they're all byproducts, but often what we're proud of most is not that our body looks that certain way is that we made a collection of amazing decisions that meant that we influenced what the outcome was. Okay. And that is really, really important to note. So one of the things that can play a significant role in cellulite formation is hormones. So estrogen, like I mentioned before, it can influence the development. And again, what it can also affect our distribution of fat, our circulation and our collagen production. Okay. So all of these little things can have an impact on where we get cellulite, how we get cellulite, all of those things. So During puberty, you'll get a surge of estrogen as the body undergoes those physical changes. And these hormones can impact where we store fat and also in the development of our connective tissues. So you might start to see, or you might've started to see around that time, one that you were gaining weight, particularly around that midline, maybe the thighs and maybe even the backs of the arms. Okay. Then again, we touched on pregnancy. So again, you will have increased levels of estrogen and also progesterone. Okay. So these hormones are essential in supporting the development of growing bubs and preparing your body for childbirth. So you might notice that you are storing fat in different places and it also might increase the appearance of cellulite. Okay. So when we are pregnant, your uterus will expand and the growing bulb will put pressure on blood vessels and maybe change the lymphatic drainage. Okay. So you might feel like you've got a little bit of fluid retention. There might be some reduced circulation. You also can't move in the same fashion that you used to. And sometimes this can maybe change the appearance of cellulite, particularly in the thighs, the hips and the bum. And then sort of the like end stage of this is that menopause usually is, well, it marks the end of women's reproductive years. And this is a decline in estrogen production. So as estrogen levels decrease, changes occur in the fat distribution and also in our collagen production and therefore our skin elasticity. So you might find that as you're nearing, say, like either the end of your cycle or maybe your late 40s, early 50s or whatnot, things are starting to change a little bit. You might find, oh, my skin's starting to look a little bit different. This is a reduction in estrogen and decreased blood flow to the skin and a loss of that collagen and elastin fibers. Now, this is why it can be a really, really good idea to start doing some strength training right? Not that it affects your collagen production and the elasticity of your skin, but if you are able to build some really, really good muscle mass, it's really great for your metabolic health. And when you've got more muscle mass throughout the body, one, you burn more energy at rest, which is absolutely awesome. It also helps keep you mobile. It's just an important part of your overall health. But also if that skin is wrapped around some muscle rather than having no muscle and the skin elasticity is decreasing, then you're actually not going to feel like the skin is looking as loose. Okay. So when you're going through menopause, it's quite common to experience some weight gain and changes in body composition with fat tending to accumulate around the abdomen and the thighs. Now, again, you do not have to succumb to all of these changes. Yes, they might happen. And yes, the hormonal fluctuations might happen. And there are definitely a lot of ways that you can reach out to your medical health professional for support. I'm a big advocate for if you feel like HRT, hormone replacement therapy, is definitely something that can help get you through that particular period, then I am all for supporting the you and your choices. But I also don't think that we need to succumb to, oh, well, this is just the way that I'm going to be because I'm in this phase of life. I might as 
well just succumb to all of it because we all have that beautiful power of choice, right? You know, I have a beautiful client who was told, oh, look, you know, you should just accept. Like from her doctor, you should just accept that's where you're at. And she was like, you know what? I actually don't want to. I'd like to really try and change that. And she was an absolute weapon, loved her training, loved her training. When we got her macro and micronutrient balance right, amazing things started happening with her energy levels, her mood, and her body composition. And it was honestly just a delight to see because it's the power of choice, right? That was, you know, even though these things might actually naturally happen, if I can do anything to help support my body, my energy levels, and to feel the best that I actually can within this particular time, then I'm going to choose to do that. And that actually looks different for everybody, right? Same thing can be said through any of the stages of life that we were talking about. You know, whether that's someone who's able to be fortunate enough to be really, really active during their pregnancy, that's not necessarily better than somebody who really is struggling, whether they've got, you know, it could be hyperemesis, where they've got, you know, nausea the whole way through. You have to adjust to what your body is telling you, but you always can try and support it the best way possible through whatever season that you're in, okay? And I'm a really, really big advocate for that. And there are some amazing and very, very inspiring stories that you'll see that People have had some unfortunate circumstances placed upon them, but they've pushed through and they've got this resilience and the outcome that they got on the other side was absolutely incredible. You know, people that were told they could never walk again or people that were told, you know, maybe that they would never have children, all of those kinds of things. But all of a sudden they made some different choices and they got a different outcome, you know? So there are lots of different things that we can choose to do to help ourselves feel better. And when we make these choices, when we feel like we are more in control of that and we feel like we're contributing to our health in a really positive way, we feel good. And maybe as a byproduct, the physical appearance changes, maybe it doesn't, but it still doesn't take away from the fact that those choices feel really good. So there's several approaches that you can take to reduce the appearance of cellulite and maybe delay the onset of it. Again, remember that it, there is a genetic factor there. There is a life-like point factor depending on whether it's you know puberty, pregnancy, menopause, all of those different things. But if we be proactive about it, maintaining a healthy diet. So eating a balanced diet rich in fruits, vegetables, lean proteins, and whole grains, that can all really support your overall health and also your weight management, right? I always talk about knowing what your energy intake should be. And it's for a number of different reasons. It's so that you can support the body, so that you can maintain a really healthy and functioning weight, that you can do all those things that you enjoy. Now, this is often not with just staying in a calorie deficit. I've got a beautiful new client on my program at the moment and she was like, whoa, I didn't realize there was so much information and so many reasons why we should be eating certain foods not just from a weight loss or fat loss perspective, but more so to support the body because a lot of the information that's given to you out there is really just about, oh, calories in versus calories out. So you can often go for the low calorie food. Dare I mention rice cakes again, but gosh, I talk about it all the time. I like to try and support the body with foods, like food, the choice, the purpose of food is really, really important. It's not just so that it can taste good and so that we can feel good when we're eating it. Even though some programs or some people might make you think, well, as long as you stay in your calorie deficit, you're totally fine. But as we all know, the nutritional quality of, say, you know, McDonald's hamburger or Domino's pizza is going to be entirely different than the stir fry that you make at home, even though they may contain a similar amount of calories. You know, both are going to do different things within the body. I don't know whether you've seen this. 
it is something that's going around on social media at the moment and it talks about your rice noodles being digested versus your like, you know, your Maggi noodles, um, the ones that come with like the flavoring in the packet. And they had these people eat these noodles and then they swallowed a camera and four hours later, the Maggi noodle I'm gonna. I'm using that as a brand. It might have been a different brand, but similar context. You know, where they eat those dry noodles, that brand was still completely undigested four hours later. Do you know how strong your stomach acid is? If you've listened to one of my podcasts, my other podcasts on that, stomach acid is ridiculously strong, and it wasn't enough to break down these noodles. Whereas rice noodles, which are typically just rice, they broke down much easier. Okay. So there is a purpose of the foods that we eat and we want to avoid excessive consumption, obviously of our ultra processed foods, our sugary snacks and unhealthy fats. Okay. Because that's going to reduce the accumulation of fat in problem areas. If you are staying within your calorie maintenance, like your the right amount of energy that you should be taking in, or if you're trying to decrease your body fat percentage, it's going to help you stay in a deficit a lot easier because a lot of those ultra processed foods for a very small volume of food have a very, very large amount of energy. Okay. The other thing that you can do, drinking water. I know, I know it's something that's promoted all over Instagram, all over socials, all the time. You've got to drink an adequate amount of water, but it helps keep the skin hydrated and can improve improve its elasticity, okay? Now, one of the other things that I've seen recently is a really, really good analogy. Not only is it good for your skin, but it's also really, really good for your muscles. If you think about dehydrated like beef jerky, you know, that people might eat, it's very, very tough and chewy. What would happen if you dipped that beef jerky in water? It would start going very stretchy, almost like elastic. That is what can happen to our beautiful skin and our muscles when we're staying hydrated amongst a bunch of other things. Our bodies are made up of a large percentage of water. I've also spoken about that in other podcasts. So go back and listen to them if you haven't already because you can pick up a lot of good information out of them. But staying hydrated is really, really important. If you are somebody who struggles to drink water, it is the reason why every single person that does my program gets a time-marked water bottle because it is a really good reminder of going, oh, hang on a second, I actually haven't had enough. Just drinking water out of a glass, you will not be able to keep track of it. I know I can't. I'll be like, have I had four? Have I had five? Because we've got so many other things going on in our lives. So not only is the drink bottle a really, really great reminder to my clients of, hey, I need to drink water. It also is a little bit of a habit stack that when they see this, they are reminded, okay, yeah, no, I have committed to this program. I've committed to learning about all of the things, health and fitness, so that I then have the knowledge to go forward and continue creating these really strong and healthy foundations. So, you know, if you want a water bottle, I'm not trying to sell you one here, but if you need one because you need a water reminder, they are available on my website and also through my Instagram link. They're nice and light. They're not made of glass. They're made of BPA-free plastic. They're washable, all the good bits and pieces. The reason that I didn't go with glass, by the way, is because a lot of my clients have children and a lot of my clients' children like the look of the drink bottle. And if they drop it, it can be a really big hazard. They're also a little bit heavier, so they're not as easy to cart around. So then that moves into what is the next thing that we can do? Physical activity. Okay. That's it. Now, I am not somebody who is, if somebody loves doing cardio, I am for it. It's really great for cardiovascular health, all about it. But if somebody wants to improve their metabolism and improve their metabolic rate, and they want to maybe change the appearance of their body, strength training is where it's at. Okay. So not only if we're getting in adequate nutrition and adequate hydration, are we going to build muscle mass, which is really, really important. It can improve circulation through the body. Now, when we're talking about cellulite, circulation can be really, really important. 
I love training large muscle groups because I think it gives you a lot more bang for your buck, especially if you are somebody who is time poor. And most of the women I work with are time poor. So our workouts are 30 minutes or less. And I absolutely love seeing when people's progress photos change, not because the appearance of their body has changed, but because I know how strong they're getting. That is one of the things that the measures of progress that we don't actually necessarily think about when we are trying to change our body composition. Oh, look how many push-ups I can do or look how like the weights that I'm doing. Now this workout feels a lot easier than what it did. But all of those things are actually markers of success. Okay. So you want to build some muscle mass. Trust me, it's very difficult to get bulky, okay? So this is one of the things that people think, if I lift muscle, if I lift weights, I'm going to get super bulky. Trust me, that's really, really difficult to do. It takes a lot of dedication. It probably means going to the gym and making sure that you are under a lot of progressive overload. And I commend people that definitely have the time and the drive to do it because it's not easy, particularly with women, right? It is easier for men to build muscle than it is for women. So, you know, gone are the days where we used to just think, oh yeah, that's going to make me bulky. Please don't think that, you know, it absolutely doesn't, you know, stronger muscles can help smooth out the appearance of the skin, right? So another thing that you can do is if you like the feeling of potentially dry brushing, there is not a huge amount of strong evidence to suggest that dry brushing is the answer. Like I wouldn't say, oh, I'm going to start with dry brushing over the other things that I've mentioned. I definitely think regular exercise, strength training, staying hydrated and maintaining a healthy diet are going to be your first point of calls. But some people really do like the feel of dry brushing. They feel like it stimulates the skin, gets a little bit of circulation going and can also help promote lymphatic drainage. So there are a couple of things that, you know, if you are committed to dry brushing can work, but it is one of those things that you have to do over time. Okay. Let's talk about topical creams and lotions. Okay, so a lot of the times these contain ingredients like caffeine, maybe retinol or antioxidants. Let me tell you, they're not permanent solutions. They will temporarily reduce the appearance. So they can temporarily tighten the skin, maybe firm the skin, which reduces the appearance, but you will have to continuously use them to continue maintaining the effect, for example. So it's not like people are like, oh, you know, I really think that it improved my cellulite. Well, you're going to need to keep buying it. You can't just go, oh, I'll just buy one tube of that and then it'll be fine. You, you're going to need to continue buying kind of like, I guess it's like any skincare, right? If you want to maintain the appearance of, you know, your face and whatnot, we continuously have to use skincare. It's not just like one thing. There are some in-office treatments like radio frequency therapy, laser therapy, I think it's called mesotherapy, I don't exactly know, which can help target fat cells by stimulating collagen production and smoothing out the skin's texture. Although these often require multiple sessions for optimal results. And in my opinion, there is never a quick fix to anything right? It's never just as simple as taking a pill and being able to get where you want to be. It's all in the process. And often I find that if it is something that is something that's easy to obtain, whether that by purchasing or it doesn't actually require a lot of effort, either mentally or physically, we often don't value it as much. It's usually just to sort of smooth over or remove that insecurity. Lots of my clients would back me when I say the reason that they got more confident is not because they lost weight. It is because of the process that they undertook to get them there. It was because of the consistency. So it's because of the small choices that they made every single day to invest in their health and in themselves. So, you know, I really want you to remember that cellulite is common. 
and it's very natural, okay? Regard, it affects so many women regardless of age, weight, or even fitness levels. But the reason that you might want to choose to implement these strategies while you're feeling like the cellulite is one of the reasons, the reason there are way bigger reasons as to why you would want to implement some of the strategies that I'm talking about. Huge, major. And now that you've got some information, understanding about why we might get it and why we might have the appearance of it, like, okay, yeah, well, look, look, there's not really much I can do about the structure of, you know, my skin, right? Because it really depends on, you know, genetics. So what are the things I can do that might actually have multiple benefits, right? Drinking your water, right? Making sure that you eat well, understanding what your energy balance is. All of those things will have major, major payoff. So, you know, it's always like I always talk about compounding interest. If you can invest in one way and get multiple dividends, why wouldn't you be doing it, my friend? I don't know. I don't know. Often that one thing can be the reason that tips you towards it. I've definitely bought like so many different creams in my life. Like I've got to get this cellulite off my thighs. But, you know, rubbing that cream on every single day definitely did not give me the same satisfaction as watching my strength grow or getting faster at something or really understanding or fueling my body well and waking up without feeling like I'm really tired and lethargic. The cream was never going to do that, was it? But the other things that I could control and that I could do definitely did that. So hopefully you found this one helpful, my friends. If you want any more information on this, whether it be, you know, we can't, we know we can't spot reduce. So it's not like I could give you a specific exercise to be like, Hey, do this. And that's going to reduce the appearance of your cellulite. It's a combination of different things that you want to undertake. But remember, you have the power of choice. The more knowledge you have on something, the more power you have to change it or to make a different choice. And that is what I believe in. It's what I do with the women I work with every single day. I want to give them the information they need to empower them to make the choice for the outcome that they want. And that then shapes the direction that they go in. It's never me. I'm not the magic miracle cure all. It's them. I'm just the guide. Okay. So let me know if you've got any questions on this one. Let me know if you liked it. It really does help me out if you leave a little review or that you say that this was like a good podcast because it will reach more women that way. And if you feel like other women do need to know about these kinds of things, pay it forward, my friend. Let them know that this podcast exists. Share it around because the more we know, the more we grow. So I can't wait to catch up with you again in the next episode and send any questions my way that you want me to deep dive into. And I will see you on socials or I'll see you on the mat very, very shortly, my friends. Until next time.